Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat teaching with TBA rabbinic intern Rachel Cohn. So continuing with the theme of Rabbi Schatz already spoke a little bit about the pieces that that Abraham and Sarah had to leave behind. And um, if you have the source sheet, you know, you can just take a second to take it out. But we'll be speaking about another one of those pieces they left behind, which was their old names. So um, this happens to be a Parsha where both of them are given their name changes. And before we jump into the text about them, I'd be curious to know if anyone here knows if their family changed their name at all when they came to this country or any other stories about your family changing your, their names. Yeah, Bacharachs? My parents, um, my father was a Bacharach and now turned to Bacharach. Why? I don't know why, because I think everybody called me Bacharach for a long time when Bert was famous. But uh, Gotcha. You, and was that a choice or it just kind of happened over time? Yeah. Go ahead. She, she what? Asked you. what? Choice. Do you know if it was a choice or no, if it's a choice? Total choice. Change the spelling, yeah. Um, my... Um, my father actually was born um, with the name, last name Weiss, and uh, his father was from Austria. And he, uh, I mean, when my father was, I don't know, a young, maybe a young teenager, his family changed the name to White so that his, uh, to avoid anti-Semitism in his business. Gotcha. <clears throat> um, great. Thank you for sharing. Any other stories, Larry? I have an interesting story for a... Um, cousin of mine just a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, he's a young man um, transitioning. He, he was born a woman, transitioning, has had some challenges, was recently hospitalized, and as a result of that, my cousin just sent an email uh, telling us that he had changed his name um, using the same first letter in the Hebrew alphabet, but he had changed his name. So I wrote back to him and I told him this is a tradition and this is a long tradition of people to change names. And that seems like at a particularly appropriate time to, uh, right. to do so. Right. Um, great. Thank you for sharing that also. There's many ways, right, people want to, that it can go along with an identity shift, a shift in someone's life, a critical juncture for them or in search of, of healing <clears throat> at a certain point in time also. Um, thank you. Robin? Unmute. Um, my, um, Max, my grandmother's husband, his mother walked from Poland to Holland with her three children to board the ship to come to America and fell ill. And they thought she was going to die and she miraculously recovered. I'm not exactly sure I have all the details right. I've got it a few generations down, but she changed her name from Bracha to Brachadina. She added a name. Mm. And so she was, you know, the significance of that for her. Why she no, chose Dina? Or? I think Dina. You know, I I heard the story from a diff, from a cousin from my grandfather's sister's kid. So I never really knew. I never asked her about it. She passed away when I was a teenager, but um, so I didn't really have a chance to. She was a very old lady by that time. So mm-hmm. we were close when I was a little girl, but I didn't have the presence of mind to ask. But right. I understood that the significance. And I don't know why Dina. But I, but she added another name because she recovered kind of as a rebirth. That was the way it was told to me. So I've always wondered, is, what, is that some sort of tradition? Is that some sort of halakha? 
when you had mentioned healing. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, don't know if there are any halachic parameters around it, but I do know that it's a strong tradition either in, in search of healing or if healing has come, that there's the idea of, of rebirth. Or even I know of babies, like baby boys, if they're born and they're sick in the hospital, sometimes they'll be named even before they can have a bris in as a hopeful gesture of life. So, um, and this is sort of a thank you for a new gift of life change, it sounds like. Great. Uh, Varid, did you also have a, a story? Yeah. So my sister and I, we were born in Romania after the war, uh, in which there was a lot of anti-Semitism and we were given totally gentle names, Gentiles name. And so when we came to Israel in 1950, um, an uncle that we had in, lived in Israel, you know, he said, absolutely no, this is, those are not Hebrew names. And so we were given two different names. And the choices were, for me, like from a botanical world, like a name of a flower, and for my sister, a zoological world, and a, she was uh, named Ofra, which is like a sort of a Bambi, and, and that's it. But I just want to say one quick thing that I taught at the university a unit about names. There are uh, very interesting Israeli writers that were talking about names and poems, uh, about Zelda and some other and I gave the class an assignment to find out the source of their name and to tell us if they liked the name. So about 80% did not like their names, and which was very interesting. And, and then I made it, you know, a bigger project with some other schools and other things. So a lot of them did not like their names. And immediately, instantly, they have a replacement to their name. So they say, I would like to be called this and this. So it's very interesting. Yeah, it's name, very interesting. name really means a lot. Definitely. It's a lot. Right. Right. So, um, so along those lines, thank you for sharing that, Barrett. I would love to, I would love to sign up for that class with you. Please. Um, um, we see that names are, it's, it's, it, they can, they're very deep. They carry a lot of stories with them and especially name changes at these critical junctures in people's lives. It's really part of a transformation process. So we'll now look at, at some of that process for, oh, Alan, you have a comment. Can you unmute? Yeah, great. Um, my family is very, very old, and I, I learned a long time ago that when someone is ill, especially from the po- from a, a Litvak, um, a name would be added or changed when someone's sick to fool the angel of death. And um, I, I have many relatives who, who have names like that, but Chaya or Chaim would be added to it. Um, and, and that's probably the reason um, that her name was changed to, to scare off the angel of, to, to fool the angel of, of death. Right. That's really not her. Right. Right. Um, thank you. Yes. For, sure. for that other piece of reasons that people change their names sometimes. So let's Superstition. Talk about it. It, what's that? Superstition. 
superstition. I think they, I think the Litvaks picked up the superstition from the locals because I don't think they had those superstitions before the Jews moved east. But anyway. yeah, surely many of the superstitions that we hold were, were picked mm-hmm. up along the way in our in our travels. So <clears throat> if we take a look at what happens with 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 Abraham, so we hear from God saying. You shall no longer be called Avram, but your name shall be called Avraham, for I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. And Rashi's comment on that, is there somebody who has the source sheet in front of them that wants to read Rashi's comment under section one about Avraham's name change? Um, back racked? Sure, go ahead. Um, okay. He was previously a father only to Aram, his native country, and now he is a father to the whole world. Great. Thank you. So what they're playing on is the name Avram. They're reading that as Avram. And then Avraham with the extra hey. The way that it's worded from God is Av Hamon Goyim, which means Av Father Hamon Lots Goyim Nations. So they're kind of taking that hey and reading that as the Hamon. Anyway, long story short, he's saying that this name is symbolic of him going from a person who is is part of his native country where he grew up to being somebody who's really meant to be the father of many nations of the whole world. And then if we look at what happens with Sarah Sarai, any thoughts or questions before we moved on? I wasn't sure if there were. Okay. Um, for Sarai, God says to Abraham, as for your wife, Sarai, you shall not call her Sarai, but her name shall be Sarah. Um, back racks, can I call on you again to read what Rashi said about Sarah's name change? Sure. Um, uh, Rashi, okay. You shall not call her name Sarai, did you? Mm-hmm. Which means my princess, a princess to me and not to others, but Sarah, a princess in a more gen- general sense that she shall be a princess over all. Okay. So sort of similar to what happened with Abraham, Sarai, the ending, the I ending is, is, is mine. And the <clears throat> Sarah in general, the name means princess. So it's sort of similarly going from that, the inner circle, like what Rabbi Schatz describes to broadening it back out to a larger circle. Um, do people see any other similarities or differences between the name changes for Abraham and Sarah? I think Varen had her hand. I do. Oh, Varen, please. <laughs> so I see the adding of the letter H, which mm-hmm. can, of course, be read as God. So inserted in the names of our fathers is the name of God. Beautiful. And both both Abraham gets an extra hey and and Sarah then. Sarah gets another name. Beautiful. There's other stories about the yud of Sarai because the yud is gone and replaced by a hey. But in Abraham, it's just an insert like in Sarai took out the hey, the yud put a hey. Right. I read one other commentary that was pointing out the total gematria value of their two names together did not change. I don't remember the math exactly, but if you add up Avram and Sarai and then Avraham and Sarah, it apparently adds up to the same thing. So just another interesting fun fact. Um, what do people make of the, also just the significance of, in the case of Avraham, God speaks directly saying, this is going to be your new name. But with Sarah, it, it kind of, God is speaking to Avraham 
any thoughts about the significance of that? Back racks? Um, you know, it's basically who wrote, who wrote this. I don't think there's a lot of women writing it. I would just suspect that that's the way it, the flow would go. Um, for sure. There aren't a lot of, there's <clears throat> fewer moments where we see women speaking directly with God. It, it happens, um, you know, for example, when Rebecca has the twins struggling in her womb, she talks to God and it's like, ah, what's happening? But, um, but right, in this case, Abraham and God are having a moment. Um, so I also thought it was interesting that that it seems like part of Abraham's transformation here is he needs to adjust his relationship with his wife as well. Because if he had been relating to her as my princess, at least presumably the, the, the my princess, in, at those times it would have been mostly in relation to her husband. So not only did her identity have to change, but also Abraham had to kind of adjust his expectations of this is not just somebody who is in my family unit. This is actually, it's almost like uh, she was the first Rebbitzin. Like she had, she was being reintroduced as a person who was going to be someone significant to many, many other people and not just to him. So I think that's also, that's, that's kind of how I read that the in part of the instructions from, from God in talking to, to him. But any other thoughts or questions about that before we go on? Um, all right. So, I wanted to to close with just one one of the Jewish teachings. We've talked about many ideas in the Jewish world about the significance of names, but one of these pieces from Midrash Tanchuma talking about the different names that we cycle through in our lives, um, and I thought had significance for this moment of transformation for Abraham and Sarah. So, is there maybe another volunteer who would like to read the Tanchuma piece number three? Larry, go ahead. You find that a man is known by three names, the name by which his father and mother call him, the name by which other men call him, and the one he earns for himself. Best of them, all is the one he earns for himself. Thank you. So of these three, I also I'll say that it. The, the text is sort of gendered in its language, but I think it's meant to be a more general teaching that it meant, means to apply to people, that we would have the name that our parents are give us, the name that other people call us, and the one that we earn for ourselves. So in any case, um, <clears throat> of those three categories described, which the new names that Abraham and Sarah are given, which which do you think they would be categorized as? Verit? I want to hope that it's the name that hem mom, that the name that they, you know, made for themselves. Because out of all the people, God, you know, talked to Abraham and and talked to Sarah. So they God found special qualities and special virtues in Abraham or Avram first, then change Abraham. And he put his name in his name so that so that is something that they earn, that they deserve it. And Thank so, you. Mm-hmm. yeah, so you're pointing out, even though God gave it to them, he God, God chose them for a special reason. And it really was something that they earned. Um, right. Beautiful. 
anyone want to add to that or or disagree if you think it was a different one? Larry? Oh, Joanna, you also had a thought? Yeah. Joanna, you can go first, yeah. I, I just wanted to comment, um, as we're having this discussion, what came to mind is, um, I don't know if everyone knows the beautiful poem by Zelda, um, Shem, to every person there is a name. And only just now I sort of feel like that's her midrash on the midrash that you just taught. Right. So I, I was actually trying to figure out if this was the source that she based it on. And if I had a longer class, I was going to include her poem also. So I'm really glad you brought that in. You're nodding yes, this is what she based it on? Yeah, it's the same It's the same text, but she just modifies it. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful poem. Um, great. And Larry Herman, you also had a thought? Yeah, I have a Partly couple of thoughts. Yeah. I have a couple of thoughts. I think I'm on a minute. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Um, I quickly was going back to see what, did I, what, had Abraham, what had Abraham done up to that point to deserve the name change. Um, so, and it seems he had done a few things. So he would, some of them would have seemed to have um, not deserved a, such a name of honor, in my opinion, but um, nonetheless, he had done some things. So maybe the name that you've um, earned for yourself of the name that, that God gave him. But it occurs to me that you can expand upon these three names that the uh, Midrash Tachuma has, and you can think of others. One in particular, um, those of us who enjoy a long, loving relationship with a partner um, earn a name from our, I will say, our, our lover, our, our partner. And that name is quite often um, quite different than the name, the name that others will call us. And for some of us, that's the most important name that we earn in our life. And it's not included in this list, I don't think. Thank you, Larry. Yeah, I think I think you're bringing out a new a new point that's maybe not in, in there, that there's a certain kind of intimacy in certain relationships that are different than the, the public name we might be called. So thank you for that. Um, I saw Marshall. So let's let's our lineup will be Marshall and then Alan. And were there any other other? OK, so let's Marshall and then Alan, you'll be up next. OK, if my face disappears, something was happening with my computer where my picture was automatically going off. So I had to turn it back on a couple of times. I wasn't ignoring you. <laughs> um, going back to what Barrett was talking about, when she came from Romania, she had her name changed to a Hebrew name. The way to, to say the Hebrew size of name is Avrait. In the Shorish is Aleph Bet Resh, which means to pass over. So when you change your name, you in effect have a transformation of who you were before and who you are now or will become. And there's, we know the saying, Kishmo Kenhu, as is his name, so is he. Or maybe, it doesn't, it's not exact, but as is his name, so should he become. That's beautiful. Thank you. Right. And then if we, if we think about that in the context of a name change, it's, it's almost, prof, it's prophetic again. They say that it's, pro, it's prophecy when parents give children a name. And then if, if Abraham and Sarah are getting these new names, it's like a new prophecy from God saying, this is who you will become. Um, Alan, and then Rabbi Schatz. Alan, Alan's shaking his head no, so I'll take Alan's spot. Okay, okay, sure. Um, <laughs> um, I, this just dawned on me that it's possible that God changed their names 
to have a hey in both because it's as if they're the first people to kind of continue on our now legacy, right? The, this idea that we don't know the the name of Noah's wife um, and Adam and Eve were created from the same something, right? Depending on which creation story you're reading. And I wonder if there's something profound about them both getting the letter hey to somehow equalize them mm. uh, when larry shared the the point that when we have a uh, a romantic partner that very often if you are lucky enough to call that partner your partner for a lifetime there are different names that come up based on that relationship that no one else will share and i wonder if god almost inserted god's self into their partnership to say this is how it should be. You should you should be partners and we should all be like you as partners going forward. And I have no basis for that comment, but it just it just struck me um as the first Jews and really the first people of this world, right? Adam and Eve were the, the before world and now in this world we're given two people with names who both share God's name. Beautiful. I love it. It's like a little, uh, almost like a locket or friendship bracelet of, you know, God's inserting it to them being like, I got you. You're both here, part of the same, part of the same equation. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So, um, so just to, I mean, to tie up all of these stories, people have shared so many stories about their own family's names. We've heard a bit about Avraham and Sarah and the, the transformation they might have been on. But just to, you know, just to remember, like, like your own families were, were leaving behind something and going forward with something new, whether it was a place or a personal journey of healing and new life, that so too for Abraham and Sarah, we see that as God gave them these new names, they're, they're also growing into this new vision that they're bringing into the world. So as we think about Parshat Lech Lecha, it's not, it's not only the physical journey that they were on, but these names symbolize the the fullness of the transformation that they were themselves experiencing and that they were being asked to bring forward to the rest of the Jewish people and to the world. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.